Welcome to the HCC Podcast. Our mission is to nurture love for God, love for self, and love for others as the highest goal of humanity. May the following message nurture that love in your life. And remember, you're always welcome at HCC. It's a perfect church for less than perfect people. Peace. Dear God of mercy, I confess I have sinned against you and you alone in word, thought, and deed. By what I have done and what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved others as myself. For this I am truly sorry and I humbly repent. For the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. By praying that prayer of corporate confession, I'm just bringing to your attention that we indeed are living in continual sin if we're not Sabbathing. If, if we believe in the Ten Commandments, and we recognize that, hey, you know, we really believe that the whole world and all law and order and the foundation of human society and that moral code that God gave us is very important, and you are a Ten Commandments believer, and you, you don't want to murder, and you don't want to commit adultery, and you don't believe in lying and cheating and stealing and covenanting and taking the Lord's name in vain, and all those things are really important, and you stand up and you cheer the Ten Commandments. And then you completely, absolutely disregard the fourth commandment. It's living in sin. It's living in a sense of perpetual sinfulness when we are not taking that commandment seriously. The fourth commandment is, is just as important as every other commandment, as all other nine. So let's take a look at Deuteronomy chapter 5, starting with verse 12. Observe the Sabbath by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work, and this includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your oxen and donkeys and other livestock, and any foreigners living among you. All your male and female servants must rest as you do. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with His strong hand and powerful arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. <clears throat> now, People generally have two dispositions or two attitudes towards Sabbath. They're either legalist or they're liberalist. Now, a legalist would say, you must keep the Sabbath and you must keep it exactly as the Mosaic law indicates and everything must be technically accurate and it must be on this day at this time and this procedure and these elements and they must happen at these times of the day and on and on and on. We get this legalistic kind of in a box very rigid kind of understanding. Maybe like an Orthodox Jew might understand it. And then we have the liberalist understanding of things, which is fourth commandment? Um, 
there's a fourth commandment? It's not nine, it's ten? Why would we need to worry about the fourth commandment? That, that's Old Testament, that's, old, that's law, that's, we've been delivered of all those things, you know, all that law and everything. What do you mean, like adultery? What do you mean, we've been delivered of the law of lying? We don't have to worry about that anymore? We don't have to worry about taking the Lord's name in vain or worshiping the Lord our God? We don't have to worry about it? Yeah, the liberalist view would be we don't even think about it. My recommendation is that we not live in the ditches of the left or the right. We not live in the ditches of the liberal understanding or the legalist understanding of things. We live in the solid ground of a balanced life. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 1 tells us that we are to have a balanced life. In fact, it says that an imbalanced life is an abomination. Man, that's a big word for God doesn't like it. Abomination, that means that's a bad thing. It's an abomination not to live a balanced life. The balanced biblical attitude for the understanding of Sabbath is found in Mark chapter 2, verse 27, and it's found by Jesus speaking himself. Then Jesus said to them, that's always a great moment to step up and pay attention, to wake up. Oh, Jesus is speaking here. Then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of Sabbath. He was talking to people that had everything backwards, everything upside down. It was all about rule following and rigidness and, and code and law and requirement. It, it wasn't like Jesus had intended the Sabbath. God intended the Sabbath to be for us, not we for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. And the Son of Man is not a legalist and he's not a liberalist. He's a balanced God in the middle who calls you to a sense of peace and balance through the practice of keeping the fourth commandment of Sabbathing regularly. Sabbath is not intended to be a burden. It is intended to be a blessing. Keeping a weekly Sabbath is in fact our key to soul health. It's the way in which we keep ourselves balanced. We keep ourselves in harmony and rhythm with the Lord. If you will give the Lord this Sabbath rest day, the Lord will, will satisfy your soul in such a way that you will be satiated with the God of Sabbath rest, the God of peace. So what is Sabbath? Let's take a look at this definition. Sabbath is a period of intentional weekly rest that you prepare for and protect, a period where no paid or unpaid work is engaged. Paid or unpaid. Paid would be the job you get up to and you go to and you clock in or you register at the office and you do your work, you do your charts, you produce your reports, you build your wall, you pour your concrete, you do whatever. That's all your paid work. Unpaid work would be stuff like laundry or dusting or, you know, um, fixing the mower or something along those lines, raking leaves because you have to, cleaning out your gutters, all those types of things that would be unpaid work. Sabbath is rest from both of those categories of paid and unpaid work for the sake of heavenly rest. 
in forecast of our eternal rest, we take a weekly moment to reflect on that heavenly rest. Uh, the great scholar Abraham Heschel, the great Hebrew scholar Abraham Heschel, said that Sabbath is a sanctuary in time. Sabbath is a sanctuary in time. The great heritage scholar Steve Hall, you might have heard of him, he said this, Sabbath is a hot tub for the soul. I like that. Sabbath is not only a day off from paid and unpaid work, but it is also not a day to do all of the things that we've been neglecting. Sabbath is not a vacation where we busy ourselves with all kinds of activity and come back from vacation more worn out than when we left. That is not Sabbath. Imagining that Sabbath is a day off that we get to mow the yard and clean out the gutters and you know, get all that stuff done, pour concrete into the house, rake the leaves, whatever it might be. They all that unpaid work done that's always stressful and not restorative. And Sabbath is not that where we wear ourselves out. In fact, what does Sabbath look like? Sabbath looks like what you and the Lord decide it looks like. How about that? How about Jesus saying, hey, sit with me. Let's talk, let's wonder about Sabbath. Sit with the Holy Spirit. Wonder about what Sabbath would look like. How would you best put together a Sabbath experience from sundown to sundown and think about how it would be restorative and rejuvenating of your soul and your body. So what would a day of resting in the Lord look like for you? I'm going to give you five guiding principles. These are the five S's of sacred Sabbath. The five S's of sacred Sabbath. If you say that fast, you'll drool, so just touch your mask and you'll wipe, you know, you'll take care of that. It's okay. Five S's of sacred Sabbath. Number one, supply. Supply. That you would supply your Sabbath in advance. My Sabbath is from Thursday sundown to Friday sundown. So you're looking at an opportunity to be able to say, I don't want to go shop for groceries on Friday because that's Sabbath. I'm going to do that before Sabbath. So I make sure I supply my Sabbath with everything that I need. If there's a book I want or there's a podcast I like or a movie I'm engaging in or whatever, I make sure that it's available for me before Sabbath hits so I don't have to think about it. I don't have to worry about it. I try to take care of all the little busy work that I need to do before I hit Sabbath and then I'm into my sanctuary in time. Supply. Number two, stop. Stop all paid and unpaid work. Sabbath is sacred. It's special. It's unlike any other day. It is not a day to busy yourself with all kinds of unpaid work. It is special. It is unique. It is unlike any other day. So you are going to supply and you are going to stop all your paid and unpaid work. And then you settle. You settle. You give yourself permission to release all of the insecurities about everything you might otherwise be worried about. This is where you trust God. If I'm not mistaken, I think this is the correct name of this company. They're, uh, they're just their second on the list. Some say that they might be first of media supplies. 
meaning videos and equipment and all the supplies that go into media production and all this stuff. It's, I think it's BH Supply. We at the church get a magazine. It's a big catalog of all this media stuff. And uh, the, one of a, a business magazine was interviewing them just before Thanksgiving. And they said to one of the owners of the business, uh, who is all family, Jewish-owned, Jewish-operated, and they've been that way forever, the family-owned business, and that one of the most profitable media businesses, video businesses in the world, and they said to them, hey, Black Friday's coming, what are you guys going to do for Black Friday? And the person said, well, we shut down at 1 o'clock on Black Friday. What? You shut down at 1 o'clock on Black Friday. How could you shut down at 1 o'clock on Black Friday? That's the busiest, most important day of the year. I imagine all of your outlets are open with all those sales going on. And they said, no, we, we start preparing for Sabbath at 1 o'clock on Friday. And they said, now, we, we leave it online. People can go online and get their stuff but nobody's there to take any orders. We won't fulfill any orders. Nobody's available to help anybody on that day because we're all on Sabbath. And they said, well, how can you possibly do that? Our culture runs on this cycle of one of the most valuable, lucrative times of the year. How could you possibly do that? And he said, we answer to a higher authority. What's my excuse? What's your excuse? He would say, I can't. I can't Sabbath. I'm too busy. I can't Sabbath. I got all these things I got to do. I can't Sabbath. God doesn't like laziness. I, need, I don't want to be lazy. I'm just asking you, what higher authority do you trust with all that stuff so that you can get on with resting in God? So you supply, you stop, you settle, and you savor. Next, savor. Soak in the beauty and the joy of the Lord. Soak in the presence of God. Soak in happiness. Soak in everything that is good and pleasurable and happy and joyful. Philippians 4, 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and what is honorable and what is right and what is pure and what is lovely and admirable. Think about these things. They are what are excellent and worthy of praise. You savor those things on your Sabbath. You make sure that what you watch, what you listen to, what you read, what you engage, the people you are around, all of it is a savoring experience of the joy of the Lord that restores your soul. So you supply, you stop, you settle, you savor, and you synchronize. You synchronize your soul with the soul of the Savior. It's an opportunity for you to recognize the presence of God, to meditate on the presence of God, to engage the presence of God, where you are recognizing He is sovereign above all, beyond all. He is the God that I can trust. And I savor and I synchronize my soul with God. So that after you've been rushing around to gain the whole world, feeling like you're losing your soul the whole time, 
That's the time to synchronize your soul back to God. When you've been listening to the comments of the world, you've been listening to the news cycle, you've been listening to all the people at work giving you your performance reviews that may not have been very positive, and you're saying to yourself, on that Sabbath day, I'm synchronizing my thoughts with God's thoughts. I'm going to recalibrate my mind to the mind of Christ rather than the mind of the world. The five S's of sacred Sabbath. You supply, you stop, you settle, you savor, and you synchronize. Without regular, real, Jesus-like sense of Sabbath, we will not have the best of us to be able to offer God or offer anyone else. The child of God learns to Sabbath, and that Sabbath promotes confidence in God and a peace that passes all understanding. Without having regular, rhythmic Sabbath with God, we wear ourselves out, we wear ourselves thin, and peace is hard to come by. But the mature Christian, the mature Christian learns to live in Sabbath peace, and that only comes from regularly resting in the presence of the Lord. The goal is that a Sabbath sense of rest will permeate the Christian's life. So the very same sense of Sabbath peace and rest that you have from that sundown to sundown period will eventually permeate the whole of your life so that no matter where you are or what you're doing, you sense God's presence. Listen to Jesus himself as he describes the soul of someone who is really truly at rest. Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 through 30. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on rules? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover the life that I've shown you. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live easily and lightly. Does that describe your life? Light and free. Is your, can your life be characterized by those words of light and easy? You'll live free. You'll live light. You'll live easy. Jesus has a gift for you, but it takes practice. It takes rhythm. It takes routine in order to be able to build it into your mind and into your heart and into your soul. And this gift is rest. For we in this pandemic who have found ourselves after being worn slam out by everything of 2020, we are the exhausted majority. If there's ever been a time where we need to redeem the fourth commandment, it is right now. Weekly Sabbath will synchronize your soul with the Savior and mature Christians Sabbath. Immature Christians ignore the fourth commandment. I lived in that immaturity for decades and decades. This past November 17th, I just became 40 years old in the Lord. And I must say, for between 30 and 35 years, I lived as an immature Christian. As your pastor, unable to discover and find the rhythm of Sabbath. 
and everything has changed for me since discovering it. This peace that I'm talking about, this joy, this restful sense and posture will never happen unless we stop breaking the fourth commandment. Unless we stop making sin of busyness, the sin of busyness. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Why will he make you busy? Because he wears you out. And when you're tired, you're much likelier, much more likely to succumb to temptation. And when you succumb to temptation, he's made you bad. He gets you to be bad by getting you to be busy. God interrupts all of that in the fourth commandment and says, watch out. The devil is prowling about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I tend to think he's sneaking. He's not roaring about anything. He's sneaking, looking to pounce on you when you're tired and weary because you don't Sabbath. Say no to the press of culture and say yes to rest in Christ. C.S. Lewis often would say these words that really stirred people up and it might you. Only lazy people are busy. Next time somebody says, hey, how's it going? And you go, oh man, busy, crazy, man, busy, crazy. He says, only lazy people are busy. Why would C.S. Lewis say, only lazy people are busy? I don't know if you recall or not, but in Exodus chapter 5, Moses was telling Pharaoh, let my people go. Uh, You need to give them a respite from work. We need a break from all this work. We're we're working seven days a week, 24 hours a day, it seems like. We are worn out, slammed. You need to give my people rest. And Pharaoh rose up and said, rest? What do you mean rest? You don't need to rest. You people are lazy. What you need is more work. That'll make you industrious and productive. And we live in the context of a Pharaoh culture. That shames us. That shames us into busyness. Our modern culture is today's Pharaoh shaming us into busyness. There's a new burgeoning area of research on the pride of busyness. That people are always trying to one-up each other with regard to how busy they are. You can't believe how busy I am. Really? Man, that's nothing compared to what I'm doing. Listen to my schedule. And we're always talking about how to one-up each other. They they discuss this in terms of business and ranking people in business. That if you're at a party, a business party, and you can't describe, you can't like come in in the top one to three of busiest people in the room, then somehow you're a slacker. The Pharaoh culture is trying to gain our soul by making us busy. This is Antichrist. According to the passage we read in Matthew 11, it's Antichrist. When our soul is heavy and burdened, perhaps with busyness, perhaps with the anxiousness of the news cycle, perhaps with all the other things, when our soul is heavy and burdened, exhausted with all the cares of the world, something is wrong. It's wrong. There's something wrong for believers who say, I have the God of the universe who lives in me. And this God of the universe has called me to Sabbath with him and to rest in his presence and allow that rest and out of that rest to have all the other days of my life be filled with it. So pulling our heavy soul into the dock of Sabbath, if you want to look at it that way, into the dock of Sabbath is how we give the Spirit a chance to lift us or lower us. 
to where we belong. Let's visualize how docking our soul weekly in Sabbath supports the lift or lowering of our soul. Take a look. takes eight hours to get across the canal, but it really does take us 24 hours for the lift of the Spirit in our soul. When we dock in Sabbath, the Spirit lifts us over the mountain of troubles and problems. By soaking in the soul, soaking in the Spirit, our soul soaking in the Spirit, we are lifted above and beyond our troubles and problems and lowered into that place of peace with the Lord. Until we dock ourselves in the Spirit on Sabbath, we won't feel the spiritual lift that we need to move from one soul level to another soul level. We've got to stop attempting to gain the whole world by living on empty with no Sabbath to lift us where we belong. We've got to stop sinning by neglecting the biblical Sabbath and listen to the Lord saying to us from Isaiah chapter 30. Listen to this passage. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. Only returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. But you would not but you would have none of it. You said, no, we will get our help from Egypt. They will give us swift horses for riding into battle. But the only swiftness you are going to see is the swiftness of your enemies chasing you. One of them will chase you. A th- one of them will chase a thousand of you. Five of them will make all you flee. You will be like a lonely flagpole on a hill or a tattered banner on a distant mountaintop. So the Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. For the Lord is a faithful God. Blessed are those who wait for his help. Only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. How long has the Lord been waiting for you to make it a habit of resting with him? 
I'm not talking about a little devotional in the, during the day, every other day of the week. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a dedicated time when sundown to sundown, you are dedicating 24 hours just to be with the Lord in complete soul-soaking rest. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for me. Now let me address a couple things before I close that are resistance to Sabbath. Here it is. Some like it fast. Some like life fast, life busy, life dis- like distracted, lots of things going on, plates spinning all over the place. It's exciting, it's thrilling, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that unless you never Sabbath. Because Sabbath actually is slow. It is slow. It's true that God's speed is slow. And that is a problem for some folks. For some folks, it's super easy. For other folks, it's really hard. The idea is that we have six days that we can live fast and active lives, but we only get to Sabbath when we can truly downshift, coast and park and sit in God's presence, in the presence of others who are restorative and rejuvenating. God values fast. God values productivity. God works six days fast and furious to be able to engage the creation of the world and do everything he needed to do, but then he stopped. He stopped. He rested. He got quiet. We have to get quiet enough and slow enough to hear God's voice and to be in God's presence because God's speed is slow and God's voice is quiet. If we can't settle and slow ourselves to that Sabbath speed, we likely won't feel his presence and likely won't hear his voice because God's speed is slow and his voice is quiet. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just saying that's the way it is. It's not like he's going to yell, scream, holler, or run faster to catch up with you. What did the scripture in Isaiah said? He waits. He waits. Others may resist Sabbath because of the life stage that they're in. They may say, you have no idea, Steve, what it is to have a double-income family, all the sports, three little kids. How in the world can I ever manage Sabbath? There is no time for This is not the season for Sabbath. And I would say if you don't Sabbath, you're doing your children an injustice. Get them all the sports you want, but if you get them all the sports you want and keep them busy with all of that and they never learn Sabbath from you, you have have neglected teaching them the fourth commandment, modeling the fourth commandment. It's one of my greatest regrets of parenting that I didn't really understand Sabbath and I didn't teach my kids how to Sabbath and model it for them. I regret that deeply. I promise you I'm going to be Sabbathing with my grandkids. In fact, every time I'm with them, they'll be Sabbath all the time. He commands us to Sabbath. And you might say, how does a young family do that? Well, here's how a young family does that. It's up on the screen. Uh, It's on your screen right now. Uh, So you can go to this link. It's a YouTube link, and there's a video there that my wife and I did that you can learn all about what it means to Sabbath for young families. It's also in the app, our church app, if you'd like to take a look at that. In a culture that's always calling you, I would say a pharaoh culture, a pharaoh culture that's always shaming us and calling us to go faster, to work harder, to be more busy, to reach higher, to be stronger, to get more, 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 more. We become exhausted with all of it. Yet, 
Our countercultural Christ, isn't that interesting? Our countercultural Christ is calling you to rest, to stop, to settle, to savor, to synchronize your soul with his soul. So today, determine that 2021 will be the year of redeeming your soul from the busyness of the world and resting in the weekly Sabbath of Jesus. Because if you don't plan for your soul, you plan to fail your soul. If you don't plan for your soul, you fail to, to plan for your soul, or you plan to fail for your soul. Would you stand with me? I'm going to invite you to just follow along as I pray this prayer before we move into our spiritual response song. Some sermons are for inspiration. Some sermons are for conviction. Other sermons are for teaching. And so whatever you consider this sermon, that's what it is for you. I hope the Lord has spoken to you, directed you, guided you. We have an opportunity to redeem Sabbath and to set it in motion for all of 2021, to commit to it. Maybe during this holiday season, you'll be able to practice it a bit. Get into it. Get some resources. Look at some resources that are available. But I want to pray this prayer and then lead you into this song. So would you just follow along with me as I pray it? God of justice, peace, and righteousness, come into our midst now. Breathe your breath, your spirit of prophecy, your energy, your enlivening, your imagination on us. Wake us up that we might live aware, open our eyes that we might see. Unplug our ears that we might hear. Soften our hearts that we might feel. Free our minds that we might dream. Strengthen our souls that we may follow the ways of your extraordinary kingdom. Amen. And in just a moment, we're going to sing these lyrics. Let me share them with you. Can't go back to the beginning. Can't control what tomorrow will bring. But I know here in the middle is the place where you promised to be. I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? Because all I want is all you are. Will you meet me here again? That is the cry of Sabbath. That is the heart of God calling you to meet again with him here. Yes, our little devotionals during the week, but that whole day devoted to soaking in his presence.